Can we definitively put to a rest the 11 forward, 7 defenseman lineup? The Wild fall flat and run out of gas against San Jose. We break down all the action on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Good evening and welcome into tonight's Locked on Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wild fall flat 5-2 to two to the San Jose Sharks. And uh, it didn't help that the game started at 9.30 right off the bat. Uh, the Wild were trailing within the first minutes of this game and there were problems even before the game started in this one tonight as Marcus Foligno was scratched in warm-ups. And so the Wild went to the patented, well, we've got a big break coming up. We've got multiple days off coming up. So let's just throw the lines in a blender and go with the 11 forward, 7 defenseman lineup. We've got to put an end to that for good officially after what we saw in tonight's game. It just causes, it causes chaos it leaves you in positions where you could potentially be more shorthanded, depending on how things play out during the rest of the game. We saw that with Mason Shaw taking that uh, game misconduct penalty, and then the Wild being further shorthanded uh, down the stretch. And so it leaves me kind of scratching my head. And look, it's one thing to be on the second game of a back-to-back and look tired like the Wild did. You can f- understand that. But the whole decision to just kind of throw 11 forwards at an NHL team, the whole decision is so it's it's self-inflicted again. And the lapses in defensive coverage... That's self-inflicted, and so it just, we see this so many times over and over again. When things are not going well for the Wild, it's usually pretty easy to pinpoint what the problems are, because they're repetitive problems. Sharks' power play was pretty nasty here tonight. A couple of power play goals for the Sharks, and... The Wild just had trouble sustaining really anything offensively. You are basically just throwing three or four guys out there at the end of the game, even while shorthanded. It just it's it's like when you're in a boxing match and you end up getting hit in the face. And instead of simply taking a second to collect yourself, you get mad and you just start just swinging, and everything that you're doing, you're throwing punches that aren't even close to landing. All because you're, you get flustered. And so then your immediate reaction is, well, I just have to start just throwing the kitchen sink at it. And so it's, it's frustrating because you are now, and not like this was a, a loss that puts... Um, major strain on anything that the Wild are attempting to do the rest of the season. At the end of the day, it's one game out of 82. It's just, it's frustrating because 
it just it's so bizarre to me being willing to go into a game with three line combos and then just just kind of just winging it just winging it the rest of the way and i don't think it's any coincidence that the wild have and it, it's a shock to me that they do not have the most uh, too many men on the ice penalties in the NHL. Somehow Arizona has more, but I don't think it's a coincidence that because the Wilds have done the 11-7 lineup as many times as they have, I don't think it's a coincidence that they just kind of, you kind of bring that on yourself with some of those decisions that uh, that they make with the lineup, the line combinations throughout the game. And so that was just kind of the tip of the iceberg. We're seeing the power play for this team get way too passive, way too stagnant. And it's getting to the point where your top line is basically only passing and this was a huge issue against Anaheim, and we'll talk about that. We can talk about that a little bit here. I, I I can't really wrap my brain around how in a five on three you are choosing to basically just kind of play tag with the puck on the perimeter as opposed to firing shots at the net. And it happened again with the empty net. Wild did not get a shot on goal with the empty net tonight. The power play and the couple of opportunities that they had with that top line really did not look good. And so that continues to be kind of that monster under the bed for that top power play unit is that they just there's just such a tendency for a very aggressive amount of overpassing. You're not going to score if you don't throw shots at the net. It's pretty simple that unless you shoot the puck, you're not going to uh, be able to come up with results. And not only the power play, penalty kill is getting leaky too. And so you have the goals by the Sharks in this one. First goal by Carlson is pretty easy to point out that there just was nobody keeping an eye on him. And so he just walked up to the back door, just walked right up and was able to bury one past Philip Gustafson, who deserved a better fate than he got in this one tonight. He absolutely got hung out to dry by what was going on in front of him. That second goal that the uh, the Sharks scored, you've got a uh, Sharks player basically in the crease. He was so close, just, again, nobody really keeping an eye on him. And so it's it was talked about in the broadcast that if you're playing on the second night of a back-to-back, you're obviously going to be tired. And so you have to be smarter when you're out on the ice because you, you're not going to be able to just you know throw that same energy that you normally would at the team that you're playing. The Wild did not play a smart style game here uh, in this one tonight. And so, you know, it's it's fortunate 
that they were able to get out of this one. Now, I, d- I didn't hear much at all about the Marcus Foligno situation. Uh, sounds like it was a uh, lower body injury, according to Michael Russo, and so I'm hoping and choosing and praying that it was simply a situation where he just couldn't really get loose, and so then the team elected to play it safe with um, the Winnipeg and Dallas games on the other end of the break. I'm I'm hoping that that is the case, that the team was just trying to play it safe with some big games on the way, and so they elected to keep him out of this one. But if you've got Stephen Fogarty on the roster, why not throw him in? That's all I'm saying. Why not throw him in so you can roll four lines out there? You can promote Mason Shaw or Connor Dewar to the grief line. I just, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's another self-inflicted loss. And if you clean up some of the mistakes, the Sharks probably still at least keep it close or eke out a win. But it just, it really could not have looked much worse uh, in this one. But again, as I said, it's one game. The Wilds go into the break having won six out of seven. And yes, it kind of ended with a dud. But um, they they get a few days off, and then they will be rip-raring to go against the Winnipeg Jets um, come the 27th. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a couple of other things as we uh, we recap kind of a, a sleepy end of the road trip and um, what is to come after the Christmas break. We've got all that and more coming up as we continue tonight's Locked on Wild postcast after this. Today's Locked on Wild postcast is brought to you by the National Traffic Highway Safety Administration. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different, and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Continuing... Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast, well, I suppose I should say this morning's Lockdown Wild postcast as the Wild lose 5-2 to two to the San Jose Sharks. Um, the Wild 19-12-2 now on the season and uh, still playing really good hockey here uh, at this point of the season, but not susceptible to the off nights. And they've got a chance to go toe-to-toe with the two teams in front of them in the division in their uh, next upcoming games against the Winnipeg Jets and uh, against the Dallas Stars. And so what are the things that the Wild will need to shore up heading into those big matchups? Well, I think I think the big thing is that in even strength, 
just need to continue to play their style. When the Wild play their brand of hockey, the Wild way of hockey, they're fine. They got away from that in this one tonight. Some of that was due to lack of energy or lack of of stamina in the tank. So being well-rested, the hope is that they will come out of the gates swinging against the Winnipeg Jets, a team that they've had some success against this season and in the past in general. So the hope is that by being well-rested, they'll come out of the gates swinging and we'll, uh, we'll put on a good show on the road against the Jets. But the special teams units are both going to really need uh, some work put in in those avenues. I mean, too much passing. Too much passing on that top power play unit. And the second unit is having, uh, having issues even bringing the puck up into the, uh, the offensive zone. So... That's going to need to be shored up. And the penalty kill, we're seeing over-aggression. We're seeing guys kind of over-pursue, trying to make plays. We're seeing a lack of ability to clear the puck. And I think it, this is that weird kind of teetering point, that tip of the knife, where you don't want to go back to being you know that super passive style that we saw um, over the uh, over last year that did not work at all. But you got to be willing to maybe not necessarily change the overall structure of what you're doing, but to throw in some subtle tweaks, just some subtle tweaks so that people can't look at what you're doing and pinpoint it exactly and say, okay, here's how we attack it. You have to be willing to be adaptable to what's going on over the course of a game. And so I would like to see if we're looking at what do we keep going with and what do we leave behind um, heading into 2023. Well, I think what we have seen from the Wild over this, uh, this last month plus, keep that going. But... Um, Let's let's not go with eleven and seven ever again. It just it creates too many problems for this team, and so a uh, a rough one for the Wilds here um, against the Sharks. But you can't help but be impressed with how they've played over the uh, the last several weeks, and uh, hopefully they are able to continue that uh, with uh, a little bit of a break here, and then uh, a game on the twenty seventh against the Winnipeg Jets. That will do it for tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. Once again, thanks for tuning in as we uh, recap most of the games on the schedule here uh, for you for the Minnesota Wild. Make sure you tune in to Lockdown Wild. We'll have uh, a couple of episodes for you both tomorrow and then on Monday as well. Just taking a look at you know what, what do we like that we've seen so far. Uh, really going to play with that theme of what do we bring with us what do we leave behind uh, as we continue on this season? We'll also uh, look at some of the biggest gifts of this season so far uh, for the Minnesota Wild as well. So uh, make sure to tune in for those. And uh, make sure to follow us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, YouTube, all your favorite podcast stay, uh, platforms, and social media 
as we keep you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild throughout the course of the rest of the season. You can find all of that and more as we continue to keep you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.